Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The cool thing about My Millennial Money is that it is a community of people like you who are listening now. And we like to do MMS, My Millennial Story. And today we are talking with one of you, a My Millennial Money listener. Today we're talking with Ayumi Tamang. And we're in Melbourne and Ayumi is going to tell her money story and hopefully encourage a lot of you who are out there grinding away and listening now, thank you to our show partner, Global X, formerly ETF Securities. You'll hear more about Global X in the year because guess what? They are our show partner. So every Thursday, you'll hear a little bit about Global X. They'll be here to educate you, inspire you. We'll learn from them. And more importantly, I want to personally thank Global X for getting behind financial literacy in Australia, investing education, and really stepping up to the plate to spread the word about good money management. Global X, they provide a whole heap of different ETFs. You can buy them wherever you uh, buy your shares in Australia. You can head to globalxetfs.com.au to find out more about our new show partner. Thanks, Global X. Ayumi, are you ready to have a chat today? Definitely. All right, let's get into it. Ayumi, I like to start by saying, tell us a little bit about you. So, who are you? <laughs> so, I'm Ayumi. Uh, hello, everyone. I uh, listen to the podcast today. I'm originally from Nepal, but I'm based in Melbourne here in Australia. Um, I work in the healthcare industry by trade, but I do music on the side, a bit of singing here and there, um, fashion, as well as love trying cafes and foods in Melbourne. So, that's what I do. Awesome. Now, you have listened to... Uh, the podcast for a little while on and off. Just to paint the picture, tell us a little bit about your childhood growing up. Um, my childhood. <laughs> so when I was really young, I stayed with the parents and then I started living with my grandparents because my mom was looking more after my brother. So um, I didn't really focus on a lot of my studies. I just wanted to hang out with my grandparents and my friends. Um, but a little bit later after that, uh, it was really blissful because I went to States from my high school and that's where I learned a lot about myself and I felt like I was actually growing up and learning a lot and I actually started focusing on studies because I knew if I wanted to get somewhere I actually had to do study even though that was not my favorite thing to do. Yeah so what part of the states did you do your um, your high school? So I did my high school in Tampa, Florida in T.R. Robinson High School. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And growing up, um, what was money like for you and your family? Like, did you talk about it much as a family or was it not spoken about? Uh, Money-wise, I would say that, let's just start with it saying that uh, I never really received any pocket money. That was not even a thing in my household. Uh, I come from a middle upper class family though. My parents always send me to good school um, as well as, uh, you know, let me go out for birthday parties for my friends and stuff. Um, but my family was kind of the family that 
you know, that actually made me do my house chores. And also, you know, if I had a cloth that had a hole on it, I had to learn how to sew it and then use that unless it was very obvious and they would get me a new one. So I would say with money, we didn't really talk about it as much, but it was understood that it is hard work and you don't waste it. Mm. Uh, you utilize it. Um, and we didn't really talk about it otherwise with my friends because I was still a kid, I think. Yeah. Now, you're in healthcare at the moment. Mm-hmm. Are you doing now what you wanted to do as a child or did you really kind of not really know and then like, oh, I'll go to university and see what happens? Like, how did you get into healthcare? To be honest, I definitely didn't think I would be in the healthcare industry, but I knew I would be in something, some kind of industry that would be helping people and making impact in a small or a bigger way or in a mediocre way, I would say. Mm. I wanted to be, when I was a kid, like a singer or someone famous because I thought if you're famous, you can get everything. <laughs> but I actually came here in Melbourne because I got scholarship study and then um, I was like, you know, why not? You know, if someone or some university is offering me a scholarship, then I can actually save that money and utilize it towards something else. Um, And I didn't want to lose that opportunity. So I came to Melbourne when I was 17 years old and studied in the university just right there in Fitzroy in Melbourne. And that's how I ended up in the health industry, actually. Yeah. And do you like your job? So. Being honest, there are parts that I like. So overall, yes, let's say that. Let's start by saying that. Yeah. But there are some parts which is really struggling and um, as in like very difficult sometimes. And sometimes it's actually easy because you've just been doing it and you've got a lot more experience how to deal with certain things. But what I get um, the joy out of is actually being able to, you know, accomplish certain things and then learn new things every day in the industry I'm in today. Yeah. I think that's like anything though, like when you start, there's always this steep learning curve. Mm-hmm. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, like as time goes on, you know, that learning curve slowly goes away. Yeah, and it's more like it becomes your natural instinct to reply to things and act a certain way in certain emergency scenarios or come up with a certain um, plan in certain situations. Yeah. Now, this is all about the money, this podcast. Yep. When it comes to a Yumi, do you think you're a spender or a saver by nature? Ooh, trick question. <laughs> I would definitely say I'm more of a saver, but I'm still a spender. So I would say 80% saver and 20% say spender. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Now, do you, like, with when you get paid, do you have t- some type of money system? How do you manage your own money? So I automate a lot of things, to be honest. Since I've got a property that I bought last year, um, part of it goes to my mortgage also, a certain amount goes to my superannuation, which is also automated, so I don't have to manually put it there. And also, uh, part of it goes to my um, long-term investing ETFs. But mm. the rest, I just keep it in my account and then use it as I need. <laughs> yeah, right. So, are you saying the best success you've had so far is just with that automation, like everything just happens automatically? Definitely. I don't have to think about it. Well, unless I change my card and BSP, I have to update it. Yeah, yeah. But I would get emails, so I do know it's happening. It's not like it's out of my mind uh, or out of my sight kind of thing, but it's there. Mm. But I don't have to manually go and remember every day. What if I'm not, you know, in Melbourne or my phone doesn't work or my laptop doesn't work? So you're 24 now, mm-hmm. and are you saying that you put a little bit extra into superannuation? I actually just only recently starting putting extra into superannuation because uh, first thing I wanted to do was actually buy a house before I turned 30, which happened when I was 23. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I wanted to look 
not look, but a bit more, you know, have a plan for my retirement as well, being myself here alone in Melbourne. I do have an uncle, mm. but as in like family-wise, my immediate family, I'm the only one here. So I wanted to plan a bit more, so I do put a bit extra into the future, uh, into SIPA. Yeah, that's awesome. And we will talk about your house soon. But you just said like you're the only one, quote unquote, like your immediate family are um, still in Nepal. Part of your budget and, you know, money management, do you have an emergency fund? Yes, I do have an emergency fund, which I haven't classified it as an emergency fund, mm. but there is a separate account that I've created that has emergency fund included in yeah. it. And I think that's the thing, like there are so many times where, you know, we like to label different things and you've got to kind of do what works for you. But I think the general rule is that I've kind of learned my own way in life with money is not to run on the line and just having some type of cash savings and cash buffer, right? Because, you know, you're on your own here and if, if you need a thousand dollars instantly, you were just saying before we started, you've got a wisdom tooth issue at the moment. Like, <laughs> That's right. So, you know, you can't just be running on the line. And likewise, if you had to drop everything and, you know, thankfully COVID's over and you can fly again, if you had to go back uh, to Nepal, you do have that money ready to go. Definitely. I actually bought my ticket six months early because yes. <laughs> I knew it was going to get expensive the you know the nearer the time you're about to leave towards overseas. And I went off holiday season actually, so I'm going around March rather than in December or January mm. or in a festival called Dasai Tihar kind of thing. So I actually already put that money in a Paul's bank, so I don't have the, any issues. Yeah. I don't have any kind of issues when I'm transferring money or any delays and stuff like that. So... You're probably one of the most organized and advanced financially 24-year-old that I've met in some time. Where did that come from? Like money wasn't talked about. Was it like I am alone here? I need to actually set this up properly. Like there's no plan B for me. Like, Or were you always as a kid organized and had your room set up all organized? Are you an organized person naturally? Like where did it come from? I would say it did come a long way. Um, when I was a kid, I was taught to do all my house chores and feed the dog. We had like four story house, so I had to sweep from the top of the floor to the bottom of the floor, uh, including I had to wash my own dishes and do my own laundry, although we had people who would do that for us. So I learned that I had to do things for myself, even though I grew up in a joint family. But when I had that transition from moving from Nepal, where I was my joint family, to here being by myself, even though I lived with my uncle for maybe one or two years when I was like, you know, just arriving because I was only 17 and had to live with someone until wow. I was 18. Yeah. So I feel like, oops, you know, yes, I'm here alone. So, you know, what I'm going to do. So at first, actually, I was not really that organized. I think it was just more like a survival instinct for me because, you know, that always comes first as a human being. And I guess for me, because... Um, I didn't have my immediate family here. I just started reading books. I started um, watching YouTube videos. But then later I got into this thing called podcasts, which one of them is My Million Money. Mm. And there are other uh, podcasts out there that I've listened to as well and books. So I think those were my friends uh, during that time, uh, as well as I started doing part-time jobs um, that actually helped me learn more about the community and, you know, I could earn actually money when I was yeah. 17 years old. While, you know, if I'm in my country, it's really hard to earn money if you don't actually have a career or a degree. Mm, gosh. I just think like you're so far ahead of so many like young people, like, you know, under 30. It's an interesting thing to note the, the resilience that you've had to build in your own life, you know, starting basically with nothing in Australia and having no plan B and 
Yeah, there is something to say because I'll, I'm going to digress here a little bit. Like starting a business, for example, one of the best things that you can do as a business owner, if you're starting a small business, is to not get a loan, to not get debt, to actually have to work a little bit and be a bit hungry for the for the money. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you started a business and you just had all this money, mm-hmm. apathy sets in, you're not going to do anything and, you know, the money runs out and then you're screwed because you actually haven't done anything. Yeah. So it's just, it's just interesting, I guess, for those listening in your life, can you put yourself in a bit of a position where it is a stretch and there is a bit of hunger and there is a bit of need and a, a bit of drive to make you actually step up and go and get your financial goals? I don't know. Do you want to add anything to my rant? <laughs> well, I could definitely add into your rant. Uh, when I was, a, even though I got scholarship, mm. it was uh, something called ISS and it would get actually 50% only. And that was the highest I could get because if I did get 100%, I had to go back to my country, which I definitely didn't want to do in the foreseeable future. So I was like, whatever I used to earn from my four part-time jobs I did um, during my course of university for three years, I had to actually put that money and you know, most of it would go all to my fees. Uh, because for our international students, I don't know if most of you guys know, but it's double the fees. It's never the, you know, just the standard amount. And um, obviously for, uh, you know, bills and phones and just, you know, going out with your friends now and then just a bit. Mm. So I would say that that was a stretch time for me. I never had more than 2K in my account unless, you know, it was that time when I had to pay the pay my university fees and that would just go in a lump sum. Yeah. Gosh, you're awesome. Um, do you have any debt other than your mortgage? Like what's your relationship been like with consumer debt? I would say it has been great in a way that I don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say I like to keep it that way and I try to try to avoid it. Yeah. Awesome. Which I succeeded. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've come this far without it, so you probably don't need it going forward. Now, talk to us about your home that you purchased at 23 years old. What was the process for you to get into that property? How long did it take to save the deposit? What type of property is it? Um, And just maybe encourage people of how you did do that. So how long did it take to save? Well, actually a year and a half, I would say. It was during COVID and it was the peak of COVID. So being in health industry, you know, I didn't have much to do. I would still have to go to work, you know, no work from home for me. Mm. Um, so it take a year and a half, I would say, um, to save uh, the amount. Um, and then where did I buy is in North Melbourne. It's next to one of the hospitals that I work in, actually. Mm. And I, I had been actually looking at that property during the COVID time and waiting for the open house to open and actually get the opportunity to even do inspection. Mm. Um, so I waited for about, let's say, one year actually to actually get that property as well. Yeah, wow. So a bit of a journey. So do you live alone or do you have uh, flatmates? How's the housing situation look for you? Um, right now I've got, since the day, actually, since the day my uh, I started living in there, I already had advertised it for a rent for the room and I had someone staying in there. And the currently as well, I do have someone staying in one of the rooms. So I've got two bed, two bath, one balcony, one car park. So I have someone staying in my uh, other room and they have their own bathroom just because of a COVID situation and being in healthcare industry. If I did catch something, I don't want to give the debt them mm. and also if they did have something, I don't want to catch it. Yeah. And also... Um, I've got the car park, which I just give it on rent as well, because I don't own a car, to be honest. Mm. That's why I guess maybe my debt is a bit less, yeah. to be honest. Um, and that's how I do it. Yeah, awesome. Now, when you went and got the mortgage, how, did you go to a mortgage broker? Did you go direct to a bank? How did you go about that? 
First of all, I went to my bank because at that time I didn't know any broker. It was peak COVID time, so I didn't get to meet anyone in person. So I went through the bank and did an online kind of Zoom call and they just actually helped me, you know, organize, you know, the list of things that I need to get organized or, you know, um, sort through before I actually get the property. And then I actually went through a broker, which was actually from my music group friend who actually does he had a friend who did um broker awesome so i went through the broker to get the uh, property eventually but i actually was the one who found the property myself yes <laughs> oh that's awesome well we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and dig into your life a little bit more if you're after personal financial advice don't get it from a podcast if you would like help based on your own personal situation head over to sortyourmoneyout.com click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors our panel of advisors mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over australia so they can connect with you wherever you are that's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, we're back. Now... Do you talk about money with your friends, your coworkers, your family? What's money like with you? Is it a taboo thing? Do you share stuff? So, um, let's start from workplace because that's yeah. what I do most <laughs> nowadays. It's a bit taboo, I would say. Mm. Uh, also, because I'm working with a lot of different kind of health workers, they don't really seem to want to talk about it. Uh, but we do. Talk, they do talk about like what drinks to catch up on Friday nights and stuff. Mm. So at work, uh, we don't really talk about it. It's still seen as a bit of a taboo. Like, why are you asking such a question or why are we going to talk about this? Um, but with friends, I would say we just talk about general uh, work pay and the differences in our pay in the different workplaces. Like, because we've got different hospitals uh, and different um, classifications. And to do with family reiterating it again from before my family is not really the one that talks about money a lot because my dad is like my dad is pretty educated and all but he's never the one who says money is everything Mm. he always focuses on how it's enough just if you can live with it and you have a roof over your house and you can feed your family but he's never been the one to say you know we got to do this we got to invest we got to save you know he just likes to have a bit of a cash but never more than that yeah so you said the magical i word uh, invest. So you pay a little bit more in your superannuation and you've got all your automations. Are you investing at the moment? Yes. What do you invest in or how do you go about that for your own life? 
since I I started investing when I was 24 or 23, I forgot. Mm. But I invest currently in long-term ETFs from Perler and in Super. And that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. What ETFs do you have? Uh, okay. I have S&P 500 and IVV. Yeah. Uh, and I have CSL because, you know, from my building, I can see CSL building all the time. And yeah. that influenced me a lot. <laughs> And I work in the healthcare industry, so CSL is a, a kind of um, liquid, uh, kind of uh, fluid we give to the patients all the time. Yeah, that's really good. Like, you know, I don't own any individual stocks, but I like how you've actively invested in a company that you work with that's in your day-to-day life. And it's kind of, it's just a good story. It's like, oh, we're using CSL products and I see the building and it keeps you interested in money and investing and yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. good stuff. So, sounds like you're way too busy to side hustle and you know do other stuff. But one thing I did pick up on earlier about your car park in your building and the other room in your house—that's kind of another way that you've maximised extra income, right? That's totally right. Because um, with this the inflation going on, even though I do have a fixed rate until 2024. Uh, I'm in like three point something yep. at the moment. Um, and that does help a lot. Like, because I don't want to be like, oh, it's my place. I don't want anyone living in it. I'm willing to actually sacrifice and then have someone in there. It's kind of like they're kind of like my friend as well. At the same time, you know, it's actually helping towards my mortgage um, as well as the car park situation. I'm not really using it because I live five minutes away from work, let's say. Then, you know, I don't want it to go to waste. So it's kind of like space maximization for me as well. So do you, how much do you rent the car space for a week? Um, same as the hospital car park, actually, 200 200 a week? Uh, no, 200 was, a month, sorry. 200 a month. Yes. I was going to say, <laughs> I need to buy a car park. <laughs> actually, do you know you can actually buy car parks, like individual lots? Uh, I was I looked at it years ago. They're probably more expensive now, but I saw like one in Sydney. It was like $80,000 wow. for the car park and then you can just rent it. Yeah. Maybe I could do that if I don't sell my property. <laughs> yeah. But well, $200 a month, you know, 50 bucks a week. That's awesome. Like it can contribute to, you know, your grocery bill or going out or, or whatever, right? Yeah, definitely. Like that helps a lot as well. And I can actually afford to go out more. Yeah, absolutely. So you've had a big few years, like you've saved up for your mortgage, you've tracked down a place to live, you've bought a house, you've got a car space that you're renting out to somebody else, you've got a room that you're renting for someone else, you contribute to super, you invest uh, through Perler every month. Like, do you have any current financial goals or are you just enjoying life and saving a little bit? Like... Do you have any goals at the moment? Um, I still do have goals, even though I've just brought one property. And uh, But I've, this year, I've actually leaned more towards actually being a bit more spontaneous, hanging out with family and friends. Because last two years, we had a lot of a grind. Because due to COVID as well, the only place I could go to was actually work. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of like forced to go to work. And, you know, it was just fun then staying at home. So that was just one fun event for me going to work during that time. But now uh, I would say uh, s- still working. Uh, still picking up extra shifts as well. Um, but my, uh, the, my other financial goal is to save up for a next property, uh, which I've actually already uh, met with the bank broker as well. Bank, sorry, bank already as well. And um, I've actually kind of know the estimate now how much I need to save, which I'm not far away because mm. I can actually use the equity from my first property to get the next property. Oh, wow. So you've already got some equity. Yes. Wow. Killing I'm so it. happy about that. Yeah. That's awesome. And so the next property... Are you planning on like, so like John, who's does the property podcast and all that, are you planning to go down and maybe 
getting some help finding a property somewhere else in Australia? Are you planning to buy another property to live in and turn your current property into the full-time investment property? Like, where's your head at in terms of the purchase? So currently, um, since I'm still single, I still want to live in the place that I'm in at the moment because it's apartment. Because a lot of people said, oh, apartments are going to, you know, turn out good for you, this and that. But, you know, what I, uh, from based on my research and what I've known, if it's in good location, then it can actually have more output or more um, growth if it's in a very far away and not much growth. Yeah, I mean, you, you'll always get a tenant where you're living next to the hospital, Definitely. Right? I had 50 messages every morning in my Facebook marketplace. Wow. We'll just start with that. Wow. I'm thinking of keeping this property and reinvesting it still while I the next property I buy is going to be actual investment. Yeah, cool. Um, and then it, I'm planning to get somewhere in Victoria or Melbourne still, but I still haven't actually, um, you know, confirmed my, with myself if I want to get it somewhere in Australia, not just in Melbourne. How far away do you think you are from your your goal to maybe get a bit of a deposit to pull the trigger on the next property? I've actually got the deposit actually. Oh, wow. But it's more to do with the stamp duty because my first property didn't need stamp duty and now it's like 20K around mm. for the next property. Um, and also the higher the property price, the higher the stamp duty, it seems. Yeah. So that's the part I'm getting sorted for, for solicitor and, you know, actually paying for the transfer and the rest of the other things. So how long do you reckon it will take to save 20 grand? I would say just about, it's not like 20 grand itself, but around that Ish, I would say, yeah, yeah three, to four K, three to four months maybe. Yeah. Yeah, wow. If I save hard. <laughs> got a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, so like how hard are you willing to sacrifice? Are you one of these people where it's like, I'll stay at home and have two-minute noodles every night to get that goal? Or are you happy to kind of slow that down and live? Uh, to be honest, uh, two years ago, I was really in the grind and I didn't. I had something like two-minute noodles uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. But now I would say... Um, I actually take vitamins and I actually work out. I'm taking my time, but mm. also making sure I show up to work, you know, reduce my sick calls and actually pick up extra shifts when I can. Mm. But when I can't, then, you know, you can't. Then you just hang out with your friends and family. So I'm still living my life more than last two years, I would say. Yeah. Not that I wasn't living it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I still f- uh, but I'm still willing to sacrifice my bubble tea now here and there because yeah. I'm, I'm a very big bubble tea fan, to be honest. I've been to every bubble tea place in Melbourne. I've never had bubble tea. Really? Okay. I'll give you all of the reviews. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> and also going out less uh, on top of bubble tea. Yeah. Also, I don't do much makeup. Uh, so I focus more on skincare. Yep. So that way, you know, if your skin's looking good, why would you put too much makeup on? Except for like, you know, special occasions, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that's also a bit of a save because, you know, makeup costs a lot as well, to be honest, um, being a girl as well. Mm. And also outfits and clothes. Like I haven't been buying every season and stuff, but only in special occasions. And if I need, and I've been doing secondhand shopping here and there um, and making sure I knew I need it rather than is it something I want. So with the whole clothes thing and fashion and all the good stuff, is there like, so for me, like I like my RM Williams boots Mm -hmm. and I've got three pair of R.M. Williams. Mm. They're really good quality. They're expensive. They're my thing, right? Wear like t-shirt, whatever, don't care. (laughs) Or, you know, like, so for me, the quality of my boots is something I want to invest in. Is there a thing like a clothing item or shoes or like, I don't know, sunglasses? Like, is there a thing that you love and you will splurge on? Yes, the thing I splurge on is skincare. Yeah, and uh, clothes-wise, I would say shoes, because I'm the kind of person who wears shoes to every event. <laughs> yeah, 
And unless I have to change the heels, I'll wear heels for 10 minutes. And yeah. then after I'm off the stage, I'll wear my shoes again. So anything uh, very comfortable like Nike, Air, Air Max or Lacoste shoes is my favorite because you can wear Lacoste with pants or skirt and anything. You can dress them up or dress them down. Yeah, something dynamic, you know, something that's stylable in any way, any possible way. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Um, any other things around the home that is a non-negotiable, like I pay for quality for a... I don't know, a thermomix or a lounge or is there anything around the home that's a non-negotiable, I get good quality and pay for it? I would say whatever I can get uh, secondhand and it's a good one, a new furbish, I would get it. But except for, I would say, sofa. Yep. I definitely don't want that to be secondhand, yep. uh, which I've got a new one with sofa bed. Yep. And also, yeah, actually that's it, sofa bed and my bed. Yeah, I'm in the market for a new mattress at the moment. I'm trying to, um, I'm waiting. Any luck yet? Yeah, well, I, we're recording this, what, at the start of December. We'll probably go up in 2023, but I'm waiting for the Boxing Day sales. Yes. And that's a good tip for everyone. Like, all your big bulky stuff that isn't urgent, Keep you can off. wait Mm-mm. and then pounce and then go and steal it. So. Yeah, and I would say online is best as well because, like, when I went to the store in DF for shopping here in Melbourne, mm. Most of the good things were taken already. So I would go uh, like maybe a day or two before because sometimes the sale starts early. And I usually like shop back. And if I buy through shop back or, you know, Prime as well, Prime yep. has a lot of sales as well. So that's how I got a lot of discount like online. And they're actually good quality. They're not like branded, branded. They're not like Coach or Gucci and stuff. Yeah. But still good quality. And they still have like, you know, UV filter for the sunglasses and good bed shit with good thread counts. Yeah. Random question. Mm-hmm. This will tell me what type of person you are. Mm-hmm. Are you Coles, Woolworths, Audi, or um, IGA? I'm a Woolies lady. High five. Yes. Yay. I'm I'm so Woolworths. Oh, I just feel with Coles, you go in and it's all red and anger and red everywhere. Yeah, they're trying to go with the food color, I guess, for attraction, like green, red, you know, yeah, food but, colors. But I just, Woolworths, you're my people. Peace. Green is peace. Yeah. Love Woolworths. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Do you want to go into um, some deep and meaningful stuff? Yeah, that's fine. All right. What do you reckon the best thing that you've ever done with your life is? I would say coming to Australia, if that's got to do with life. Yeah. Deciding at 17 years old. We're that, living it, whatever. Yeah, because I was like studying bachelor's in social work since I was 16 years old. And I was, you know, acing it there. Mm. And I was trying to be working for an embassy or like in non-profit organizations. But then I gave up that and came to Australia at 17 saying, it's okay, you know. Because I'm someone who actually finishes everything through mm. rather than leaving it incomplete. But I left I'm, that social I, work. I will start everything and not finish anything. <laughs> That's also a way to do it, I guess. So that's the best thing I would say, actually deciding. So it's more than just moving to Australia, like, um, I guess, standing up for myself, you know, starting something on myself, I would say, yes. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Now, do you have like a worst money mistake that you've made and learned from? I don't know if I've learned from it yet, but <laughs> I did buy a $7 cross from uh, Google. Yeah. And then the shipping was $70. And I didn't know that. I was like... It was like $77. So it was like a bit of a jewelry, like a yeah, cross. Yeah, it was just like yeah. a small cross. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, 
uh, looking at it every day. But I'd never looked at the checkout price, but I paid for it. And then the moment I got it, I saw in my bank that it was like minus 70-something dollars. And I'm like, how come that $7 became 70-something dollars? So I would say just check the shipping cost as well, not just the price cost. I think that was a dodgy one maybe, but I was like pretty new to online shopping that time. It was like five, six years ago. Wow. Because there's no online shopping in my country. Maybe now there is, but not when I was there. Right, gosh, yeah. Well, that's a uh, that's an expensive bit of jewelry. Did you did it? So it arrived. Yes, it did was arrive. It so that or? was good. It was not rubbish, but it wasn't like a really high quality yeah. quality. It was just normal. You know, I think what they used to do with eBay and stuff, and I don't, I don't know if they still do it, but when you were selling stuff on eBay, this was ages ago, right? eBay make their fees on the purchase price, not on the postage. So what people would do would have a higher postage because eBay don't take a cut of the postage price. Oh, that makes sense now. Maybe that's what they did to me. Yeah. So, I mean, so really you you probably got a $70 bit of jewellery and $7 postage. Could be. But who would know? Um, As we live and we learn. That's right. (laughs) That's, That's my mantra. We just live. We just learn. That's what we're doing. That's right. So, Ayumi... If you could go back in time mm-hmm. and tell your younger self something, doesn't have to be about money, mm-hmm. anything, go back to a, a Yumi that's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, what would you tell her? I would say don't be afraid, keep going, and it's okay to be different because being different means you're actually doing the right thing. Yeah, well, that's cool. And pursue your dreams. If your best friend asked you uh, for some money advice, mm-hmm. what would you tell them? I would tell them not just to save money because that's what most of our friends does at the moment mm. or spend, but actually start investing as well. Yeah. So get those habits. Yes, happening. habits going. Yep. Do you support any charities or non-for-profits with your money, time or good vibes? Uh, I definitely do actually because I believe that uh, whatever I earn and stuff uh, should be shared a little bit as well. Um, so... I actually um, sent some money back in Nepal uh, for schooling for one of the kids because um, um, due to lockdown stuff, the, par- the parents lost their job. Mm-hmm. And that's one. And the next is in the church I go to here in Melbourne. I volunteer in the... I used to volunteer in something called Empower. It's basically empowering the community. And there's a lot of refugees and people from different countries, like immigrants like me, who needs help. So we just go there, hang out with them, play soccer, you know, talk to them yeah. and give out some food and stuff. Uh, so I did that for two or three years every Saturday uh, in the flats, as well as um, do a bit of a donation to the church, which yep. goes to a lot of other things. Yeah, awesome. Now, if $10,000 walked in this door right now with your name on it, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. First of all, I'd Actually, be really surprised. happy. Hang on, I'll just grab the door. Come in. Yeah, over here. Hello. Yeah. That's me. Thank you. Uh, what first would you do with 10 grand? Yeah. 10 grand. Okay. I was actually thinking about winning a lotto and investing a lotto. But anyway, side <laughs> point, uh, I would actually use it for my next property straight away. Bam, bam. So I don't have to wait extra time because, uh, you know, that would just mean the property prices keep going up. And the uh, rest of it, I would invest. And maybe uh, a bit of it, I would donate it to Nepal because I'm actually going to Nepal in three months. Awesome. And I have a plan of going to my dad's school and actually donating the kids some books. And for the female, the kids, a bit of a pads and a bit of like a female sanitation stuff. Wow. That's amazing. But I'm doing that anyway, even though I win that $10,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to, can you tell us a little bit more about Nepal, particularly the community that your family is in? Uh, definitely. Um, I'm from Kathmandu, the capital city of Nepal, but my dad was uh, born and grew up in Lamjung, which is like a, 
uh, village area, I would say. Um, and my dad actually grew up there, but I grew up in city most of the times. But Nepal itself is very multilingual, multicultural. They have more than 110 languages, more than uh, 92 castes. And our food and our culture and our, our culture clothes, we have our own mother tongues as well. But the national language is Nepalese. So we do a little bit of everything, I would say. Mm. Now, you were telling me before we recorded that you're not bilingual, you're pent-lingual. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know how to say that too. Well, is that... Is it, so you can you speak five languages? That is true. So would that be pentlingual? I don't know. Yes. It's because like the Hindi and Urdu, a lot of Nepalese can speak, to be honest, because mm. we have an Indian satellite when we were kids. Mm. So we use Indian satellite, which means we would watch all the Hindi movies, like mm. Bollywood. And that's why we learned Hindi when we were kids. So we learned it in TV while we were growing up. So we were already in Nepalese and English we had to start in school. Mm. And Hindi, we had to actually watch the movies. And the letters are same, like Spanish and English is same, like yeah. the Hindi and Nepali is same. Yes. So if you're yes. good at Nepali, you probably be good at Hindi as well. And I learned Spanish when I was in America because in high school in America, you have to choose Latin, French or Spanish and I chose Spanish. Yeah, awesome. Was there a fifth? Yes. Uh, so Urdu. Urdu is from Pakistan. Oh, wow. Um, and that's about it. Wow. Making me feel like a right old dirtbag that's <laughs> unlearned. But I still can't understand some of the Aussie Yeah, stuff. that's right. You don't speak Bogan though, so. <laughs> Definitely not yet. So in finishing... Is there anything that you wanted to add, say, promote, um, PSA, the stage is yours? What, what do you want? Do you want to say anything? Um, so I bring a bit of my own story and this is all about my experience. So I would say being an immigrant uh, coming at 17 um, and starting at, you know, not even zero, but minus one. Mm. Uh, it, for me, it was still a start. It was a good start for me still. You know, if it was, even if it was a rough start, it was still a start. Um, and the journey to achieve what I wanted since I was 17, you know, it was, it seemed like it was like long ago, but now look at it, it was not actually a very short time. Um, and I realized that hard work really pays off um, when we direct the energy towards our aspirations. And I wouldn't let myself feel limited by my age because when my country, I was not actually allowed to study medical because I was only 15 when I graduated my high school in America and I was 16 when I, by the time I landed back in Nepal from States. Mm. So I felt a bit limited and, you know, I'm not saying, you know, my country's bad with that and stuff, but I just felt like if I was given that opportunity, I would take it. Like that's the kind of person I am. So I would say, you know, don't be limited by, you know, your background, your circumstances um, while towards achieving, you know, what you want to achieve. And, you know, all of those experiences made me who I am today. And sometimes my parents, friends, and, um, you know, even my own close family friends, they wouldn't really understand what I'm trying to achieve or what I want to be. And that's okay. That's what I learned. Mm. I learned that it's important to align myself with people, uh, places, and circumstances, and also with books, uh, as well as podcasts like My Million Money and others to help me understand my vision as well as propel ahead towards where I am today. So I would say don't give up. Main thing is just start and, you know, don't ever feel small because if you start, you'd be the bigger you tomorrow. And that's me today. Wow. Very inspirational. And uh, yeah, I just, I would encourage anyone to forward this episode to anyone who's, you know, at any age to be encouraged. And yeah, I think you're, you're killing it. And just so thankful that you've had the time to come in and chat to us today on the podcast. Thank you, Glenn. I'll uh, see you guys soon. See ya. Bye. Bye.
We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.